Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Two hours down, two hours to go. Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello. Um, Before we went to break, Chris was talking about a place where you might be able to see live sports and we're going to get to that in a second just want to remind everybody Gwen and Chris is brought to you by Sonic Drive-Ins here in San Diego amazing burgers and drinks with eight locations around town so google Sonic San Diego and find the location nearest you thanks Sonic all right uh Chris yes uh some sports did you did, did I hear you correctly you said there might be a place where you could see live sports you could go to a game apparently yes uh Texas Governor Greg Abbott has issued a new proclamation that will allow professional sports teams to host fans in their respective outdoor stadiums up to 25 percent capacity uh spectators not permitted for indoor events according to this proclamation but uh, this doesn't shock me because in the state of Texas, football is bigger than life even. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's I mean, everything Clearly. revolves around football there. And I this doesn't surprise me that football would get this kind of latitude even from the governor of the state, because basically that's the sport you're talking about. I guess baseball's included in that. Um Twenty five percent. What's that? Not this year. They have a they have the new stadium that that uh, Scraby has been trying to unveil. Globe for Life about six months now. Yeah, Globe Life. That's yeah. right. Isn't it a covered stadium or is it, it a is. retractable? It I think it's ah, it's, re- uh, it's a retractable. Yeah, I think I think it's, I think I it's retractable roof. So you might be able to open it up. But yeah, I again, every time I hear or see one of these stories, Tony, I kind of just think of the old dipping my toe in the water type thing that we talk about. I mean. Eventually, this is not a toe, though. This is like a leg. This is like yeah. This is a lot. I mean, twenty-five percent capacity. I mean, that's that's a quarter of the stadium. But uh, I think they had even just. I I don't know that they had talked about it to the 
where there's a proclamation, but uh, I know the Miami Dolphins were talking about it a month or so ago about if slash when fans are allowed to return, how they might be able to, you know, have fans come to game, a certain number of fans and keep the social distancing. Um, you know, I think somebody was on with us joking, jokingly talking about the Aztecs. Uh, and if they played this college football season with Qualcomm Stadium, that they get 15,000, 20,000 fans a game anyway, so that the fans would be naturally socially distanced. So anyway, um, I, I think Texas, this doesn't surprise me that, that the Texas governor is the first one out of the out of the shoot with this idea. Yeah, no, I, I guess you're probably right. I mean, um, there are portions of the United States that are ahead, at least moving ahead, of others. So you're right. You probably shouldn't be all that. I just, I just think of, I just can't imagine. Even if it is 25, percent I have a hard time believing that that many is going to show up to a, a, a game, even really? if it's allowed. I don't know. You don't know football in Texas, man. That's true. <laughs> These people are That's crazy. True. That's true. Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 all they have. I mean, Friday Night Lights, it really is it is the truth. If you've never been, I mean, you, I'm asking, telling you if you've ever been down there. But I have been in Dallas before on a Friday night driving around on a freeway because we were lost and we were looking for something. And while we were driving around, uh, we must have seen like six stadiums that looked like they were the size of NFL stadiums that were all lit up for Friday night lights games. And it was just unbelievable to me that, you know, that short of an, you know, in that small of an area, and we, we weren't that lost that we could run into that many stadiums that were completely looked like they were sold out and, you know, completely just people going gangbusters over high school football games on Friday nights. And um, 25%, I don't know. Let, let's let's think about it for a second. If you look at the AT and T Stadium, the Jerry the Jerry World Place, how many does that hold? Eighty thousand. I think it's I over a hundred. I think it's is it over a hundred. Yeah. I think it's like a hundred or more. Okay, so let's just say, for argument's sake, without looking it up, Scraby, you will look it up so that we can sound semi intelligent for a change. Um, let's say Jerry World uh, for football seats a hundred thousand. 25,000 people, would that that's seem like a lot of people in the stadium, or would that seem like not that many people in the stadium? I, my guess that's what, I, would I, seem I, like that's what I'm that having much. trouble figuring out. I, I, I mean, I think if it's 25,000 and it's a stadium that holds 100,000. I have an answer on that, by the way. Okay. Give it to us. This, there's 80,000 seats. Standing room is 105, so you can have anywhere between 80 and 105. All right, so let's, stay with it. let's go with 80 then because that's how many seats there are. Yeah, it's less than. But you were spot on, by the way, Chris. You you should be able to social distance there, probably in a stadium like that. So if you had twenty thousand people in the stadium and and no one was sitting near each other, it seems like you could do that. I I I don't know. I I I think there's a certain amount of people that would be very very uncomfortable, and would absolutely refuse to go. But I bet you you could find twenty thousand people in in the Dallas area who would go see a cowboy game if they had a chance to. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't think of it. In terms of stadium capacity versus how many, what that would right. look like in a stadium, right? I think yeah. you get a, a good example is is San Diego State here, right? That stadium, uh, they, they draw what fifteen. Yeah, it holds 20? sixty, but if they have fifteen twenty thousand people in there on a you, Saturday they night, definitely spread out. In, people in, are spread out pretty good, yeah, yeah. And yeah, especially so I, I if they didn't sell work. any tickets next to each other, and they kind of made everybody be sp- spread out. 
I don't know. Here's my next thought. Huh? Do, uh, here's my next thought. Do they raise the prices because the ticket there's less tickets to be bought? And in Texas, people have money to spend. It's not a poor place. They so, have money to spend in San Diego, too. Um, I, I think what you're saying, though, is the ticket becomes a little bit more potentially pricey because it's a little harder to get. Yeah. Because I'm not – like Tony and I, I, I don't know – I know Tony's saying he doesn't think that there'd be that many people. I just have a, I have a crazy feeling if the Dallas Cowboys open up their stadium for 20,000 people on a Sunday afternoon, uh, there would be more than 20,000 people who'd want to go there. No, you might be right. Yeah, I think you're right. The more I think about it in terms of Texas and football yeah. and thinking about it from that standpoint, yeah, they're bananas right. they're, there. 20, 25% would be at capacity probably. Right, so uh, Scraby might be right. You might be able to charge a little bit more for the tickets. Isn't that wrong, though? Yes, of course it is. The owners always are gouging. They're <laughs> always gouging. I mean, Jerry Jones doesn't I mean, need it wrong any more for money. You to pay for, isn't it wrong for you to pay for preseason tickets, too? But yes. You still do it. They don't mind charging you for those. <laughs> That's true, but I don't know. Marking up prices because there's less tickets because of a pandemic? Not, I'll tell you not one thing. It would be my very book. difficult to work it out. I mean, how would you decide who get that? I mean, I, I would tell you one. I would tell you this without knowing for a fact that the Dallas Cowboys have far more than 20,000 season ticket holders. Oh, oh for sure. There's a little right? waiting list on that. Yeah. So I'm assuming they probably have fifty to 60,000 season ticket holders. So they would have to – somehow go through that list and figure out who gets to go to what games and um i mean my goodness that would be a that would be a headache or two but that's not for me to have to worry about but i i, I don't know i i i think there's a certain faction of people that wouldn't want any part of it tony but i yeah. think there's a certain amount of people kind of given the way things seem to be creeping forward lately as long as we don't have any major spikes between now and then I think there'd be 20,000. I'm pretty sure that you'd be able to, you know, fill up these stadiums by 25% capacity. You want to know yeah. uh, what, what the season tickets for the Cowboys, how much you can finance them over 29 years at 8%. Like, okay. that's what we're doing here? We're financing over 29 years? What is this, a mortgage? The, the the crazy part is there's plenty of people that do finance. Yeah, so that's, that's that's why it's get an passed option. down through families and yeah. That, well, my family had season tickets to the 49ers since uh, the early 80s. My grandpa did at the at Candlestick, and when they moved the stadium to Levi's, they offered him the opportunity to buy tickets, but he had to buy a seat license, and he lost uh, traction where he was in line, and so he wasn't going to get the best seats, which that really really bothered me because my grandpa had season tickets from 80 until. I don't know, whenever they close the place down. So that shows you what the teams care about, really. I mean, we already knew they cared about money, but that bothered me. That really did. Yeah, they don't care about the customer too much. They really don't. I mean, any NFL owner that says he's really concerned about his customer is lying. They they know that there are more folks out there waiting <laughs> in line right. to get the tickets that they may not want to give to one. Uh... You, talk about a, you talk about a license to print money. It is... NFL ownership, yeah, they the best and that's and that's why and that and that's why in San Diego, not to you know scrape open you know a deep scab or something here, but that's why the people of San Diego were not willing to give in yeah, at all. Hundred percent right in terms of helping the Spanoses get their stadium built here because they have more money than God and they're going to continue to have more money and they're going to make more and more money. So right. it was really difficult for anybody here to say, hey, why should we? even donate a little bit 
to help these people with a stadium. I mean, they you got, got it. I mean, and, and, and you know what? I hated losing the Chargers, but I like the fact to a certain extent that we stuck up for ourselves. Well, Didn't I, get I think, bullied out of it. I think one led to, the, well, hopefully, if this Aztec thing goes through, I think that had a lot to do with this getting through the second time. So mm-hmm. uh, That too. You know. You know, it's, it's, there's there's all kinds of different things. Well, but we're no talking about, about a different deal now. We're talking about a university that is putting together a whole a, college exactly. campus and a park and an area, and it's a. University. But I think when you, when yeah, you I don't think San Diego about, State is a license to print money, whereas the no, NFL not at all. But when you start talking about getting, you know, having the have to have uh, the people of San Diego pay for something in terms of a stadium, right? Uh, there's going to be some hesitation, especially after what we had dealing with the Chargers. So. Uh, it's it's all it's it's it's, it's all connected. Of, it's all connected exactly. All right, let's uh, step away, take a break. When we come back, Scott Miller, Bleacher Report will Bleacher Report will join us. He wrote an interesting story about Esteban Luiza, who went from major league major leaguer to the penitentiary. We're going to talk about how that happened when we come back. This is Gwen and Chris Sandigo's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, The Fan. Here's a look at traffic with Kelly Danick. Back at you, 519 the time, Chris Ella. Tony Gwynn Jr., you can win a $500 Sprouts Farmer's Market gift card. $500. Download the radio.com app. Follow 97.3 The Fan. And hit play for your chance to win a $500 Sprouts Farmer's Market gift card. Just like that, go to 97.3 The Fan, SD.com for more details. Chris Ella, Tony Gwynn Jr., Moving along, we have a countdown coming up. We have a pop quiz coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. We're going to be playing for prizes a little bit later on, your chance to win. Right now, though, we're going to go out to the STCCU fan hotline. And joining us, one of our all-time favorite baseball guys, Mr. Scott Miller from Bleacher Report. Scott, how are you today? Chris, Tony, I'm uh, probably the same as I was last time I talked with you, which I guess is good. We're, I'm healthy. The family's healthy. I hope the same for you guys. And, gosh, I hope we can see you at a ballpark soon. I know. Are you you're, Are you sitting in a Target parking lot this time? <laughs> That's right. That's where I was last time. Yeah. No, actually, I'm, I'm sheltering at home. I've been working okay. at home all day today. So, yeah. Well, Scott, uh, certainly baseball is making plenty of headlines, and Tony and I spend most of the day trying to, you know, figure our way through them all. So I thought it'd be it's great to have you on to talk about something a little different, although it has to do with baseball, uh, and that is the amazing uh, career arc of Esteban Loaiza, a uh, former uh, former but a San Diego kid who went to Mar Vista High School in Imperial Beach. Uh, was born in Tijuana, uh, now 48 years old, but had a uh, 14-year major league career. He was a two-time All-Star, and once his career ended, uh, things went south for Esteban Loaiza. And I thought uh, really interesting story you wrote, and uh, if you could kind of shed a little light and share some of the story with us, it'd be really interesting to hear. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's gotten boys. I've been blown away by the reaction today to, to, to this story. And it is, it's a crazy story. I mean, it piqued my interest when, you know, a couple of years ago when he was arrested here in San Diego is one of those like three paragraph stories on page six initially of the newspaper. Initially a, a former major league pitcher, you know, arrested, you know, for cocaine and, 
And I looked, I'm like, and then you look into it, and here's a guy that 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 pitched for eight different major league teams over 14 years, 121 career wins was that that's the second most victories of any Mexican-born pitcher. Only Fernando Valenzuela has more pitchers. You know, I mean, this guy's a hero in Mexico, and as you said, born in San Diego and started the All-Star game in '03 for the White Sox. I mean, talk about right place at the right time. He start, he's, he's pitching for the White Sox career year. The all-star game is in Chicago at the White Sox park at us cellular field. So he was on top of the world in 03. And to go from there to arrested for hauling drugs over the border, you know, that, you know, I kind of filed that away in the back of my head. I'm like, geez, how, basically the, the very simple question, right? Like, how does that happen? You know, it's yeah. a tragic story, but how does a guy go from the top of the hill to the bottom? And um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it, as I dug into it, it turned out to be just, uh, you know, crazy. I mean, we all knew about his baseball career and he, you know, he had a decent career as a pitcher, but you know, it turned out he got married when he was with the pirates in like 98. And then, and then the pirates trade him to Texas and he's barely married. It turns out he's he's engaged in an affair with Pudge Rodriguez's nanny of all things, and that lasted a while. And there was some quirkiness with him. One day, the, he was out wa- washing his car in the players' parking lot during a game. By the way, he wasn't full pitching, uni. obviously. <laughs> full yeah, uni. full uni. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, Tony. Um, but anyway, it it just you know crazy stuff to the point where. Uh, you know, he gets traded and moves around, and then eventually he retires after the 08 season. The Dodgers had released him. To, by the way, when the Dodgers waived him, it was to make room for a young kid that they thought was ready for the rotation named Clayton Kershaw. Mm, that was yeah. that was how his Dodgers days ended. But then after that, you know, he goes off and he marries this Mexican singer that was hugely popular, Jenny Rivera. And uh, he's done with baseball, but he's still in the spotlight. He's beloved in Mexico, is uh, all the success on the field. And then he marries one of the heroines of the Mexican, uh, uh, regional Mexican uh, singing. And he's with her for a couple of years. And then they split up and they split up due to, among other things, there's huge rumors that, that she caught him having an affair with one of her daughters from a previous marriage. And then they split, and then it's not long after that, Jenny Rivera, after a concert, her plane goes down, killing all eight people aboard in the mountains of Monterey, Mexico. And you know, people close to Loiza told me, you know, had they not split up, he would have been on that plane. And she wasn't, and, and then one thing leads to another, and he's just lost without baseball. He ends up being arrested uh, for the cocaine, and it, just some wild, wild stuff. Scott, I remember when this story hit 2018. I feel like you might have, we might have been around each other when we, when it, when it actually hit. And we I just might have been. Every, I think I just remember everybody being like stunned by it. Um, yep. You spoke to Jose Silva, who also pitched at the big league level. Uh, was he surprised by all this, or, or was this something that he saw coming? Because they were childhood friends. They were, yes. They met uh, down. Uh, he. Uh, Jose Silva was nine and Loiza was 11, I believe. And, and they, they were going back to, as you point, childhood friends. And, and then uh, they pitched for rival high schools down there in South County in San Diego. And, and then, you know, in, in the beginning, it was such a 
cool story because Jose Silva ended up making the majors and then the pirates acquired him. And next thing, you know, the two childhood friends, Silva and Loiza, uh, now they're teammates in the major leagues with the Pittsburgh pirates. And, 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 you know, they were young and they had so much of their futures ahead of them. And yeah, when I talked to Silva, he, he, um, I would say this, he, he was very surprised at, at the arc of Loise's life and that he ended up in the end uh, being arrested. He felt horribly for him, but he also, while he reached out to his old friend, uh, Silva, uh, you know, he teaches kids uh, down in South County and, and works with traveling teams. And as he said, you know, was arrested he said you just got to be careful you know who you associate with and mm-hmm. i didn't know about the drugs but then he's arrested on one hand he reached out to his old friend but then on the other hand he's like i, I could he didn't want to spend too much time with him because as he said you know i mean you got to be really careful last thing you want to be is in the car with somebody you get pulled over and you don't know anything but that somebody has something on him and he said, now my career, you know, my work with the kids is all ruined because of that. So he was wary after the arrest of, of being spending too much time around him. But, yeah, he was surprised. Uh, uh, it took him by surprise, although I would say he was maybe just my own read, a little less surprised than so many others throughout uh, Loiza's career over the years. Uh, you know, people I talked to with the White Sox, with the Rangers, with the Pirates, most people were absolutely stunned uh, at, at what happened. They said during his playing days, there was no hint of that. Right, sure. Scott Miller is with us from Bleacher Report. Great story on uh, the former San Diego kid, Esteban Loiza, uh, who pitched in the major leagues for 14 years, uh, leaving the game in 2008 after 126 career victories and a couple of all-star bursts. Uh, Scott, uh for those who didn't get a chance to see your story yet, where do things stand right now with Esteban Loiza? Um, he ended up being sentenced to three years in prison. He's in a prison in Seattle. Mm-hmm. In fact, the initial, uh, when I first started in, on, had the idea to do the story a year ago or so, um, initially my, my initial thought was, you know, basically reach him in prison and visit him and have him tell his own story. And he's also got a brother and a sister down in South County. And I, I wanted to, you know, talk to the family and, you know, I figured, you know, it, 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 it go about it that way. Well, he declined the interview from prison. You got to go through prison officials and which I did through official channels and he didn't want any part of it. And his brother and sister, I chased them down and uh, I, I, they basically wanted nothing to do with talking about any of this. Uh, which his lawyer warned me about that the family was wanted to, you know, they didn't like the spotlight. Um, you know, so from there, I, 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 you know, I almost thought, well, this won't work. And then I started talking to other people throughout baseball and right. just, again, I, you know, my own curiosity, how could this happen? And then one thing led to another, led to another. Pretty soon I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a crazy story. It seemed like throughout the story, uh, even as you started to talk to certain people, specifically Pudge, um, it, it didn't come off as um, things being kind of dicey. It seemed like everything was good prior to you know the arrest in terms of the relationship he had with, with uh, Pudge's, I think, nanny, you said. 
Yeah, and, and I was a little nervous I, because, honestly, I did not know. I mean, your first thing, I mean, and Tony, especially you being in a major league clubhouse, I mean, you know, I didn't know how that, that would go. Right. And, and when I, I finally talked to Pudge, it was actually this spring. It was only a few days before spring training shut down. I, I was spent a couple of days with the Rangers, uh, partly to talk to him about this year's team, but partly to, you know, try to finish up work on this story. And, and Pudge showed up and I wasn't sure if he'd even talk about it. Number one, number two, I didn't have any idea if, he was angry about it. Right. Like, how could this guy, you know, yeah. dabble, you know, move in on my nanny and, and, and did it cause problems in the clubhouse on and on and on. And he, Pudge was cool talking about it. And he insisted, and as did a couple other guys, to be honest with you, that no, it didn't cause any problems in the clubhouse. Uh, I talked to one anonymous Rangers player. He didn't want me to use his name. He was a teammate back then. And, like he said, you know, if, if you're worried about that, then you're going to have a lot of problems, uh, you know, hitting a 3-1 fastball if your mind's right. worried about, you know, wh- what relationships are going on in the clubhouse. Yeah. Scott Miller is with us. So, so Scott, let me just clear – just to be clear, again, do you, so you never got the chance to talk to Loiza, A. Uh, B, uh, is there any chance that this ends up having, like, a happy ending somehow? He gets out of jail, comes back, starts working with kids. Is there any hint of that kind of thing happening? You know, there's people that think that that's the kind of thing that could happen that turns into a positive story. Um, you know, a couple people that, that one, some people thought with with 44 pounds of cocaine that he was going to be just slammed by the judge. He'd go yeah. 10 years in prison or whatever. The prosecution recommended 67 months, and I think he got 36, three years, could be 32 with good behavior. Um, also though, he got less years than expected, but the judge also ordered him to be deported when he's released from prison because he was an American resident, but not citizen at the time. Um, so he will be deported, but yeah, I mean, part of the reason too, he only got the three years is, um, you know, his lawyer does what, did what lawyers did. They they re- recruited some people to write letters to the judge, you know, character letters saying, look, this this is a guy that was upstanding his whole life, you know, and he the only blemish on his record when he was with Oakland in 2006, he was arrested. He was going in a Ferrari exceeding 120 miles an hour on a freeway near Oakland. And he, he, he tested, you know, he, he failed a DUI test. So, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not diminishing that, but that was the only thing on his record. And that's one reason the judge too looked at things. And between right. that and a couple of people that wrote letters asking for mercy, uh, one, uh, his longtime agent was local San Diego resident, John Boggs. John Boggs. Yeah. Uh, Boggsy wrote a letter to the, and you know, and, and the White Sox traveling secretary, Ed Casson, they both wrote letters saying this is a guy. And I talked to John Boggs about it. And, you know, he thinks he, he said, look, this is a guy that donated fifty thousand dollars when the Padres were having some fields built in Tijuana for underprivileged kids. Well, I've never played for the Padres yet. He donated to that cause. And, and Boggs said, you know, his entire career. You know, he, he was an upstanding guy, and, and, and people like him are convinced that he can do some good. He, I think, you know, Boggsy said, you know, I think he can get out of 
prison. He can work with kids. I think he will. I think he's still got stuff he, he can give back to the community. Good. Hopefully sounds like, honestly, out. it sounds like something I've been watching on Netflix or something lately. <laughs> Although, yeah, although there's right? more twists and turns in the real story than there is in the, in the TV <laughs> right. stuff. Amazing. Yeah, one of my editors said that when I you know, pitched a story to him. And, you know, first they were like, well, Esteban Loaiza, it's not like he's a big name, you know, and he pitched so long ago. And at first they weren't quite sure. And then the more stuff I uncovered and fed them, I said, yeah, but there's this, there's this, there's this. And finally, <laughs> yeah, one of the, when they gave me the green light, one of the editors said exactly what you just said, Chris. He said, my gosh, this sounds like a – like a Netflix series. Yeah, it really does. All right. Well, we'll write it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we got a lot of time on our hands, don't we? We got time. Scott, thanks so much as always. Great story. Good doys catching up with you. And uh, continue to stay safe. And like you said, we'll see you at the ballpark before too long, one way or the other. Uh, likewise, I, I can't wait for that day. And both of you, Chris and Tony, best of you and your families and all the listeners out there. Stay safe. Thanks, Kate. Have a good one, Scotty. Scott Miller right there from Bleacher Report. The story on uh, Esteban Loiza. I didn't know that was that crazy, Tony. I, I remember <laughs> I obviously hearing about him getting arrested, and I haven't had a chance to read Scott's article yet. Uh, Scott Miller joined us on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. San Diego County Credit Union has low mortgage loan rates, equal housing opportunity. For details, call 877-SDCCU for you or apply online. You can visit sdccu.com. Hey, that's that's a story and a half, though. My goodness, man. just goes to show you, man, that things can change in a matter of, of a yep. snap and yeah. one bad decision. So, I know. hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll get... turn out to be a happy yeah. ending. Hopefully, because yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that John Boggs wrote uh, a letter on his behalf. I have a lot of belief in John, and I know you do, and. Yeah. Uh, if he believes in Esteban Loiza, then I believe in Esteban Loiza. Can kind of come back and make something good out of all of this when it's all said and done. That would be, that would be the ultimate way for it all to turn out. But uh, you can catch Scott Miller's story on Bleacher Report. There, uh, we'll take a quick time out. We're a little bit beyond the uh, break, but uh, we apologize for that. But it was interesting stuff. Our countdown is next. Gwen and Chris on ninety-seven three, the fan. Quinn and Chris like to rank things, not college rankings, not athlete rankings. So what's your point? But their own rankings. And these rankings can be very serious. Top five ways that we like potatoes. Top five pizzas. Top five ways to beat the heat. I like where this is going. Giggity, giggity, giggity. The countdown starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Last Yesterday, I should say, it was uh, Tom Cruise, top five movies. Today, we're going to go Will Smith, top five. We love guys that have never won an Academy Award. Why is it they nominated, but they've never won? Why are you taking shots at Will Smith? Not taking shots at anybody. Just saying these are good actors that have never won an Academy Award. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Good actors. People like them. They're very popular. Hmm. Never been just able haven't to been able to up. take over, but that's not all that's saying that much. It took Denzel Washington to win. I mean, that's he right. Played so many time. movies, and people would argue that the one he got the award for was the one he shouldn't have got it for. But, Wait, which one did he get it for? Was it Glory? He no, got it for it was, Training Day. It's for Training Day, oh. and he was spectacular. But uh, the year he got it, he beat out Russell Crowe, who had done something really. Gladiator? 
No, Russell Crowe won for Gladiator, but he didn't win the... Beautiful Mind? Yes, Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind, that's, that's exactly what it was. Anyway. Let's no, I, this. Didn't, I didn't mean to say that, like, that no, you, you need didn't. to win an Academy Award to be, like, a good actor. You don't need to explain yourself to Scraby. This, no, this no, 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 no. Yeah, he, Scraby. He, your hatred for Will Smith is well <laughs> what? Well, well taken. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Bizarro world well, continues. Well, let, let's go back a little bit more, because yesterday when we were talking Come about this, all this stuff. I originally said Will Smith. It doesn't matter who we're going to do in the countdown, but Chris immediately said, well, Tom Cruise is a much bigger star than Will Smith, and I don't know that that's true. I mean, Tom Cruise is a megastar. Will Smith is a megastar. I think Tom Cruise is, is on the backside. Of his megastardom? Of, of his megastardom. They Where's both Will Smith? Be. Yeah. He's I mean, not in the, Will Smith isn't exactly in the salad days of his megastardom, is he? No. He's looking real great these days, too, being quarantined at home. <laughs> Look, I love Will Smith, but I, I don't think I can put Will Smith in the same category as Tom Cruise in terms of mega stuff. What are we basing? The, uh, never mind. We, we just my own general opinion, which could be completely wrong. No, that's, just, that's fine. That's, we're you, not basing it on anything. Just don't like we Will Smith. We digress. Let's just get I just don't five. like Will Smith. Right? <laughs> Number five. All right, yesterday I went first, and unbelievably so tony and i had the same number one and number two tom cruise movies if it happens again today with will smith i give up because there's no way it can happen again there's some good ones to pick from with will too oh yeah um, you're up first well i am up first but uh scraby just got in my ear i forgot uh, the countdown is brought to you by valvoline instant oil chain center yeah. in san diego all right thank now you valvoline get to it just waiting for the number. I already played the number. Number five. There was a lot of talking going on. So there was, there was. Chill out. Here we go. Chill number out. five. <laughs> number five on my list, Independence Day. The original. The original. 1996. I think I was in eighth grade. Remember going to see this in a jam-packed movie theater. How I wish I could do that in 2020 right now. Right. Yeah. Um, this was a good one. It was one of the first sci-fi movies that I really got into. Uh, Welcome to Earth. Not a big aliens type of guy, but this movie was good. I put it at five on my list. When they took out the White House, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send that tape to the Secret Service. <laughs> well, it was. It was a cool scene. What can I tell you? Do you want to know uh, how they did it? What? Do you want to know how they did those scenes? Sure. They built a bunch of models, and they would blow up the models, and whoever, whichever model had the best blow-up is what they put in the movie. Uh-huh. Where'd, okay. you read, where'd you see that at? I actually watched the extras on an Independence Day DVD one time. Yeah, you there were you definitely have. bored. <laughs> no, I just love that movie. <laughs> Number five for me is Bad Boys. Mm. Uh, not named after Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lane Beer, but <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, this is uh, Will Smith and uh, I believe it was what Martin Lawrence. Yes, Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett in the movie. They were wow. Fun. The thing was, is it was a good, solid action movie, but it was also funny, right? And uh, it was. Uh, I did not know this because I was just looking this up. This was the first film ever directed by Michael Bay who was a pretty big-time director. Wow, as he went on to do on. the Transformers, if I'm not... Yes. Yeah, I did not know this was his first film, 1995, Bad Boys. Uh, funny and fun to watch. So, Number four. Got on my list. Number four on my list, 
uh, is, is a really good one. I enjoyed this one. Gene Hackman was in this alongside Will Smith. That is Enemy of the State. I watch this movie no matter, and I hate commercials, so generally if a movie comes on TNT or ABC where there's commercials, I won't watch it. This one comes on, I will stick through the commercials to watch it. I love Enemy of the State. Why did he get a bell for that one? Just because you like it too, Scraby? I've loved every one of your guys' movies so far, so don't don't feel left out, Chris. If you want a bell, I'll give you a bell. I don't need a bell. Well, you brought it up, so. I'm not that, I'm not that you know, concerned. <laughs> Yeah, no, Enemy State also had uh, Lisa Bonet in it. There was a lot of... Such a good time. movie. Oh, Lisa Bonet. He liked Lisa Bonet. Yeah, I do. I, I do. remember that. I, I do. I did. Previous <laughs> countdown. Uh, number four for me was a movie in which uh, Will Smith was nominated for Best Actor mm. in a Motion Picture. 2002, he did a phenomenal job as Ali. Mm. Oh, yes. that's not where I thought you were going. Well, Sorry. Still a great movie. I'm not saying anything. Hate to throw you for a loop there. <laughs> but um, thought he did an excellent job. One of his finest performances. And uh, I think everybody knows the story. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Number three. Number three is Bad Boys for me. Um, I thought the chemistry between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith is as good as it got. Uh, as you said, good action. Not over the top action, though. Um, and you also had some two co- two really funny guys playing lead roles in Martin Lawrence and, and right. Will Smith. Uh, I thought their chemistry was good. This movie was, uh, for a long time, one of my favorite movies. Uh, but it falls to number three and now because Will Smith has done some other good work. All right. Uh, number three for me, another movie in which he had excellent uh, chemistry with his co-star. In this case, his co- co-star was... Uh, one Thomas Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. And uh, the movie's Men in Black. Uh, but very similar. The only difference between... Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. It's more science fiction than Bad Boys, of course. But action. And it wasn't necessarily a comedy like Bad, Boy, Bad Boys was. But there was such great... The two of them together were so good that you had a lot of laughs in the movie, too. It's a fun movie all the way around. This was a hit right here. Oh, God. <laughs> if I would have known he was going to do that, I wouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> it's such a good song. I'm All right, let's, get, like let's make a, get back to the countdown, man. Yeah, we're in the middle of a countdown here, Scraby. Number two. Number two on my list uh, is another one that... Wait a second. Action. This is where we got identical ones yesterday. Let's see what happens today. Well, we've already we've got two on the same list right now, I think, right? That's true. We're, we're already in the same ballpark. Uh, Hitch is number two on my list. Yes, yes. <laughs> this movie Hitch. was. Yes, I love is this the one so where he good. threw the whale back into the ocean. The whale. No, that was Hancock. Oh, that no, was Hancock. yeah, that was Hancock. Hitch, Hancock. Is, yeah. Yeah. Hitch is where he is a kind of a matchmaker. Yes, and he he you remember his face swells up. Yeah, he, he eats he, the he... death on a leaf, <laughs> <laughs> and he has to like drink the Benadryl with Eva with Eva, Eva Mendes. Mendes. Yeah, yes, that's his co-star in this one. This one was hilarious. It was so like good. A, a mild-mannered romantic comedy type film. Uh, Kevin those James. Very, those very rarely get high on my list, but this one was hilarious. I yeah. enjoyed this one. Kevin James also was in it. Yeah, you're right. So good. Uh, my number two Will Smith movie is a not number two on the National Football League's list. But Oh, no. They don't like this one at all. They can't stand it, but too bad. Uh, Concussion was an excellent movie. 
in which he plays uh, a doctor, Dr. Bennett Amalu, a forensic pathologist who uh, helps uncover the fact that NFL players are getting irreparably damaged by playing the sport of football. And uh, this was a very timely movie. It was a very important movie. And uh, it was also a very good movie. It came out in 2015. Um, Concussion is the name of it. If you've never seen it and you're a sports fan, like a kind of a serious sports fan, and I think you kind of want to know what a lot of times goes on behind the scenes, I thought this movie uncovered a lot of stuff. And as Tony said, the NFL hates this movie, so you yeah. know it's probably pretty real. Number one. Yeah, concussion was a good one. Uh, I'm interested to hear what your number one is going to be, Chris. Number one on my list, I think of this, and this is much like Minority Report for me. Um, When this movie's on, I watch it all the time. It doesn't matter if it's been run back-to-back days. I will watch it every time. I love this movie, iRobot 2004. Yes! If you you haven't seen it, it's about a... a, um, a revolutionary tech wizard is found dead. They think it's suicide. Spooner, who's a cop played by Will Smith, um, has a connection. It's a really, really good movie. iRobot, 2004, number one on my list. Well, it would really be something if back-to-back days we had the same one. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not, though. I have a it feeling didn't it's happen not. today. It did not <laughs> happen today. Uh, my number one Will Smith movie, I'm, I'm a little softer than you on this one. I, I went away from the action. I went away from the hardcore comedy. I went away from the science fiction. And I just went for the heartstrings. Uh, 2006 biographical drama called The Pursuit of Happiness. This is my favorite Will Smith movie. Uh, he was nominated for Best Actor in the Oscars the following year for his portrayal of a homeless salesman. And his son, Jaden, co-stars with him in the movie. And uh, he has to try and get through a lot of life's ups and downs in a very difficult time. Very, very good flick. Yeah, it was a good movie. Not not like the rest of the Will Smith movies we talked about, but I thought it caught me. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, Will has shown some range over his range, career yeah. to do to do a couple different things. Countdown is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change Centers with 30 locations to serve you. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for lo- the location nearest you. We got to get to break. When we come back, I'm not the only one that has had some limelight on this show. I'll explain when we return. Gwen and Chris, San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 fan. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.